peep game, you know what it is. It's your man SKYZOO Skyzu, live out the borough, all the way out in Japan, doing it the only way I know how with the Mega Lace Show. Let's get into it, baby. What up, what up? I'm Adrian Young. I'm Ali Shaheed Muhammad. And we are The Midnight Hour. And you are listening to Mega Late Show. Skirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're youngin' up in here. You know what I mean? We gotta get that demographic. <laughs> okay, uh, peace. Welcome back to the Mega Late Show, Tokyo Hip Hop Art and Culture. This is episode number 134, and I am the host, Mega. Greetings to everybody. We're doing a bit of a kind of like simulcast type of thing here. We're doing a live recording um, with my guests, but uh, I, I'm also recording as well, so thank you for tuning in. Uh, before we get started, I want to go ahead and remind you guys to go check out the episode that we did last week with uh, two of the MCs and artists from Soul Gasa Music Collective. They are a rising star in the Japanese music community, uh, Wes Atlas and Tommy Crane. Also, I have my guy, uh, my guy uh, A Valley on there, so check that out, man. Really, really interesting great music and i also want to let you guys know that right now all of the beats in the background are provided to you by uh one of our favorite tokyo based producers and legend within the scene pigeon dust so yeah let's um let me see i'm gonna actually go ahead and change to another one of his songs right now to put us into an entirely different vibe here what do you guys think about here we go a little bit of a drum beat. And my guest today, um, you will recognize L Spade from a previous episode that we had. I forget the number of it. Do you remember? Oh, 20, man. 29? It was up there. Yeah, I think 29. Well, 129. I feel like I should at least clarify that. But that was just like a few weeks ago. It right? was. All right. So I enjoyed the episode, but it was one of those episodes and I knew it was going to happen. I'm going to try <laughs> not to make it happen this time. Because when I get around people who are comfortable talking and have a lot to say, it tends to just go off the rails. So we jumped around f for like a variety of topics. Uh, I recall Afro pessimism in there. Yeah, I learned a new word that day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I try to introduce at least one new word every podcast. I, I never have the intention of doing that, but it just sometimes happens. Like I've used that though. Seriously, I was like, yeah. are you an Afro pessimist? Man, don't read that. Th like, man, like it's it's a whole can of worms. I really. use that on the Yamanote line coming here. Afro pessimism. Oh yeah, it's, oh, it's, yeah. it's common. <laughs> I mean, yeah. You, you talk, you know, old white guys from Toronto. That's a common currency. Yeah. Yo, episode one thirty is the episode that you oh, were on. So yeah, with our guy uh, Lex Caliber. Lex Cal. Yeah, check the IMDb. But we're here today, and we're with an with an a focus on discussing your. Uh, YouTube channel and the type of content that both of you put out. How about I let you guys introduce yourselves and tell me about the channel? You know what? I felt like I talked too much last podcast, so I'm going to introduce my uh, co-host, friend, cohort, uh, Uncle Stash. Uncle Stash, please tell these guys what we're doing because you have the buttery smooth voice like you just swallowed a tub of butter. Yeah, buttery smooth. We, we have a channel. We have eclectic interests. We started off doing some sort of a reaction style to music. We have since transitioned to other things, commentary, podcasting, and where to find good chicken wings. We're eclectic, mm. if nothing else. Yeah, so Tokyo Stash and Spade was just generally an idea that uh, Uncle Stash came up with um, at our friend's Christmas party, actually. It'd be like, we're two years in now, aren't we? Well, uh, yeah, the idea is two years old. Yeah. The podcast, or rather the, sh the show is about a year and a half. Yeah, so like about two years ago, he comes to me 
at a Christmas party. Well, first he he texts me at a Christmas party. Before we're going to a Christmas party, he says, "Hey, my uncle's dad. Hey, DJ L Spade, I got something that's gonna change your life." I'm like, what the hell, change my life? Like, literally texts me that I'm gonna change reparations. Your life. Yeah, man, I thought it was. I'm like, man, I'm gonna get this, buddy. <laughs> like, so I'm like, I don't know what it is. I'm like, well, you know, I can tell. Him? He's like, no, I'll tell you at the Christmas party. But life changing. So I get to the Christmas party. He's like, reaction videos. I'm like, what? Reaction videos? He's like, yes. This is going to change our lives. <laughs> I'm like, to do? How is this going to change our life? He's like, well, look. I've been going down a rabbit hole of YouTube watching re- reaction videos. And it's usually two black guys, two white guys, two women, two men. But now we're going to do black and white. And we're going to be honest about our reactions. I was like, oh, okay, sure. I guess we can A lot of enthusiasm there at first. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I don't like the reaction genre, to be honest. Uh, but I think it's a bit weird. It, 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 well, you, you, a few months back, uh, DGL Spade hit me to a certain thing that other reactors do. And now that I've noticed it, I can't not notice it. And <laughs> it's this... Orgasmic explosion. Every look at their title cards. It's like this masturbatory thing. Holy, this 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 song. It made me want to play with myself. I, my whole life has changed. But it's mm. not one song. It's every single song from every single reactor. Mm. And what's happened with us is I can't. If I like a song, hey man, I'll like that song. But if I don't like the song. Dude, I don't like the song. And that's what I expect Lord Spades the same mm. way. They expect some black guy to, to revel in their music. And if he doesn't mm. do it, well, you're just a hater. Well, what? What? No, sure. I want honesty. I, I don't know if that's like... Uh, and The people that go to reaction videos and the people especially going to reaction videos because they're fans of the artists that are being yeah. reacted to, I don't know if they're critical about the art as much as they are just fanatics mm, about the music mm-hmm. so that component of being critical about the art is just removed mm-hmm. they're the type of people that are like yo who's the who's the objectively who do you think the best rapper is or the best band and they'll say their band despite like having any real objective criteria for it so it's a weird thing it's a weird thing but i think reaction videos should be called good reaction videos because that's the default mm. everybody wants and sure. i also tell Uncle Stash, I go in there knowing that, look, you're going to shoot at me. If I'm shitting on this band that was like pivotal to your upbringing right. and you love it, I know you're going to shoot at me. And I'm ready for it. However, what I always do, if it's the reaction is negative, I always give a reason why. Like, I'm never going to say, hey, man, this was shit. And then you say, hey, yo, L. Spade, why was it shit? Because I said so. It's never going to be that. I'm going to try sure. to give a detailed reason why I don't like it. And, you know, the dynamics is, is weird. Well, I like, I, I've watched several of your uh, so-called reaction videos. Thank Mostly you, it's, they don't seem like reaction videos in the same way. Thank you. It seems Thank like, you. here's two friends, and this is what we do on the podcast too. We used to have a segment called Dope or Not Dope. We would share music. Do you like it? Do you not like it? What are the reasons why? And so what I see is kind of this, and, and just based upon like uh, your life experiences, who you are, uh, it, it's, a, it's an interesting dichotomy that you guys have. It's almost like a... A lot of times it's like good cop, bad cop. It's like, the, <laughs> or it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, not to call you guys cops because, you know, whatever, but, but it is like a buddy cop type of setup yeah. that you guys have. <laughs> it's that. a, it's a Richard yeah. Pryor, Gene Wilder type of, you know yeah. what I mean, combination that, that I think is, 
intriguing. Yo, I take that, man. That's, that's dope. Yeah, that, I know. <laughs> yeah, I really, I'll take that. That's what we yeah, want. Yeah. I re- I really um you know I've I uh, I started off with the reaction videos you know um and and I clicked on the ones like oh I know this song uh you know by Pizzicato or I know the Wu Tang and you know I got some information about Van Halen but <laughs> I, I found it I found it pretty pretty damn interesting and I'd like to get into more about like what you guys have learned and how your taste has changed in oh, your yes. relationship because I'm sure it happens it has. but but like um let's get more into like your background so we we learned a, a little bit about where you're from spade but what about you stash where you come from well i'm from toronto i lived in japan for about 15 years let me swallow this microphone with my well, buttery sound well like i'll tell you what if i point at the mic yeah. then that means just kind of reconnect a little all bit right more that's cool yeah. which is ironic in that i was a radio announcer for years but probably you know, didn't have to hold the mic no nah, i was yeah. in front of you am 1430 anyway I uh, was working at IBM, making some good cash, about 15 years ago, and I just had enough. I just had enough. It wasn't the money. I'd broken up with a woman, had a decent place in Toronto. Everything was peachy, and I just thought, you know something? My old man died at 55 of cancer at a job he hated, made good cash, professional engineer. And I thought, is this it? Is, is this really what it is? And I thought, nah, man, I don't care about the money anymore. I don't care about the prestige. I don't care about all that bullshit. I want a little bit more fulfillment. Mm. And since I was a kid, I was always fascinated with Japan and with Asia. And I thought, okay, how can I get out of here and get there? Now, I could have worked in the States, no trouble, easy. And I have a British passport, so I could have worked anywhere in Europe. But I wasn't interested in that. So I got a job teaching English at Nova because all their hiring offices back then were a five, 10 minute walk from my condo in downtown Toronto. So I got a job for Nova and it took me like months and months and months to get a work permit. And then when I did, I got here and realized that I'd fucked up. <laughs> I wasn't an ego sensei. Yeah. This wasn't my shtick, man. Especially for fucking Nova. Oh yeah, no, it was. Shots fired. I, yeah, well they were, oh, they were no, fine. No, don't, no. don't get me wrong. They were cool. Do I have, but, do I have shots? Oh wait, hold yeah. on, hold on. I didn't hit me with some sound. Hold on. Yeah, yeah, thank you. They, they, they oh, were wait, com- wait, uh, I might have a different one. Please. On. Yeah. I'm bringing back the soundboard here. Please, yeah, man. You I might guess. respect it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally respect right. it. In any case, within a couple of months of that, and it was obviously a Ponzi scheme, that was, that was clear to me within a month or two of getting there. I realized I had to get out in a hurry, but I had a work permit, and I found that there was corporate trading and consultancy, and if you had a background like mine, you could make some good money not having to put up with... Oh, hello, Hiro-san. You shat yourself. Hold on mm. one sec. Let me go get one of the female teachers. Yeah, not me. Shout out to Hiro-san. Yeah, Hiro-san. So I quickly started doing corporate gigs and working for myself, making you know four or five times the money and much more fulfilling. And then I did that. And now I'm retired. Oh, that's so tight, man. Yeah. I mean, so basically you had like a midlife crisis. Well, no, not a midlife crisis. You had a, a moment of realization yeah. where you were just like, yeah, why, why do I need to stick around here when I can see more of the world? I was planning on getting married again. It didn't happen. And I had a lot of cash at IBM. And I'd worked at the shopping channel and in radio. I'd done that. You know, been there, done that. I, I can't die like this. I got to mm. do something else, man. That's cool, man. That's a lot of game you just gave everybody right there. Yeah. yeah. Fulfillment. Because... I know a lot of people who think the money is, is what's going to bring you happiness. And uh, I've been around people with money. Like I don't have a whole lot of money, but I've been around legit millionaires. And they all tell me the same thing. Yo, it ain't the money, man. Like, the money just gets you stuff. My, my family has money, you know. And it's better to have money than not have money. You know, when you don't have to worry about paying the rent. 
But no, nah, man, money's not happiness. It's yeah, it's better, but it ain't happiness. No way. And having a great job in a position, I had that. Miserable. The tightest thing about money is that you have time. And so if you have, well, sometimes you have time, you know, and you also have like a security from, you know, famine and things like that. But I mean, with, with your time, like, what do you do with your time? If you got money, you might as well, you know, be in Japan and at the mega late show. Facts. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, that's really cool. And how did you two meet? You guys Jules. were working together? No, we, we, uh, man, we had like four points of connection, right? Like of distance. Yeah. Um, I have a friend named Scott. Scott met popular. Hey, Scott popular. Not, not Scott popular. Oh, I love yeah. that guy though. I know Scott. Shout out to Scott popular. What's up, peace, man? Love peace your Scott popular. Um, but no, a guy named Scott, and he had a friend named Archie, who has a friend named Jules. They both work together. Jules and Uncle Stash were roommates when he first got to Japan. Yeah. And Jules came over to Scott's house one time, we hit it off, and then by chance, me and Jules was hanging out one time, and Uncle Stash came by, and that's how we became friends. And, and I mean, it's not like both of y'all are doing the same sports, or, yeah. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? A shared camaraderie through ethnicity. Nah. Was it music that connected you? No, like, only, how did the relationship form? Only in Japan, I would say, like, well, would this be possible? I, I don't see, like, all those lines, because it's everybody from different everything. It's just the stars aligned that we just met because the foreign community here is just so small. Right. So yeah, true. It, that was the network. And within that network, we end up meeting each other. And I, I don't know how we hit it off. I don't. I don't remember either. Yeah. It's years ago. I guess I was just a cool guy. I don't know. Mutual. Okay. Well, that's nice, man. Um, So with the podcast, like you guys are also... You're reacting to music, and then you've expanded the brand. How long did you say you've been doing it? Like two years? That's it? Well, the idea was two years. The epiphany okay. was on 2018 on New Year, uh, Christmas Eve. Okay. And then the party was a couple of days later. And maybe the next day, or Boxing Day, I don't know. It was next day. Yeah, okay. So I, I sent him a, t a t DGL Spade, I'm going to change your life tomorrow at Jules' Christmas party. He I'm sounds like the movie phone. Guy. I, I, I know, right? I, 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 I'm a salesman, <laughs> guys. That's what I do, you know? To watch Tomorrow in a world. <laughs> two brothers. It's called Two Brothers. Two brothers from different mothers in a world. Anyway. <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, congratulations on the success of the show. I, I noticed, like, you guys got thousands, I think, like, around 8,000 followers on YouTube right now, which is a pretty good accomplishment um, considering the type of show that you guys have it's not genre specific it's not japanese centric and and like a lot of times you need those things in order to gain a, a an audience you know but I, I i mean yeah how's that journey been how much money are you guys making off of that <laughs> not much there's no money in reaction okay i have no idea how that works this out. was a point of contention um while we actually diversify because i'm gonna go ahead and throw the sauces out the sauces being made when we first did this I didn't want to do it because I didn't want to do reaction videos. He sold me on it because we were going to do the common reaction videos. And as, as he will tell you, I don't like calling them reaction video because they're not reaction videos. I hate it. I hate like saying that. I even hate saying reaction. What do you call them? Man, see, that's the thing, right? And that was the problem. Like, what do you call it? Because he's like, well, what do you call it? And for me personally, I was just like, let's just call it a podcast. <laughs> you know, it's just us talking about music 
that we like. But the whole point was we had to differentiate at the beginning. You, you, you've got to get your hook. We got about eight thousand plus subscribers now, and we're growing, which is great. And you've got to get that initial thousand before you could monetize. Not that we're making any money, but until you get to that certain level, you're just buried amidst a gajillion bits of dross and no one can even find you. Thanks. So this was one way of getting at, at least a small amount of recognition on the algorithm. And as your spread increases, so does your presence on that algorithm. Yeah, so just to be honest, man, there's no money in reaction videos because you're getting hit with the copyright claims. Uh, that's what I was going to so. That's what I was going to ask. You know, I'm curious about these things because it, it's such a, you know, it's a, it's, it's a normal thing to have YouTube shows and for people to right. supplement their income by their Spotify streams or their YouTube mm -hmm. streams. But when it comes to reaction videos, you have other people's, you know, uh, intelligent property or, um, you know, IP there. And so that's that's a problem. Is that also why you guys started doing like, um, yep, ch check out all this, <laughs> yep, check out all this chicken, yep, yep, yeah, that, that was one that reason. was me. I was like, look, man, we, we can't do this. We got to diversify, and plus, I didn't want to be stuck in just one genre. Like, I didn't want to be oh, big old the reaction guys, and right. plus, we're Tokyo stash and spade. Nothing about just listening to music in a room to me said Tokyo. Right, unless it's specifically Tokyo-based artists exactly. or something, right? And we're not that, so yeah. Oh, that's cool, man. That's very cool. When, when uh, how often do you guys upload content? You guys got a lot of fucking content. Well, thank you. Nowhere near enough. Yeah, Is that right. We Is wish right? we could do better. We really do. Uh, I mean, I'm impressed by like the graphics. Like some, oh, we thank record, you. You know, the, the, I mean, that shit was tight. Like the the first episode, the the logo comes on. It looks really well produced. First time I yeah. saw that, I. We were knocking together some ideas. Now, my initial idea was the one on camera, the two of us talking shtick and such. And L. Spade says, no. What? No. I got the idea we should do it in a recording studio. We should have it subtitled. That was my. That was me. The rest was, no. We're going to do it like a talk show. I'm going to cut it. Because he's, he's got a production company, Displaced Media. Cuts video. And he said, displaced. Displaced. Produced. So... He emails me a link on Dropbox. We got a server. He goes, "What do you think of this?" And holy shit, you need people like me. And I'm watching this. This graphic gets swung in. Holy shit! And I was just blown away. I mean, the first episode, it is a fully formed idea. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that's yeah. that's we, we, our podcast has been going for years. I, I'm still trying to figure out how to rebrand <laughs> now that my podcast partner left and shit. You know, right, but but yeah. I mean, that's what was really impressive to me is a production value, and I can imagine that to get an episode out is an effort. Like I edit this <laughs> shit oh, man. every fucking week, yeah. and mine is a much easier process than what yours is probably. So. You have no idea. You got to talk to DJL Spade. I mean, I just do some of it, but the the, the bulk work is is over here. Well, like you said, the idea came in December of two thousand and eighteen. It literally took us because I didn't want to put out anything that wasn't fully production ready. It took us like five months, five or six months, yeah, yeah. five months to actually from conception to actually get the whole thing out, shoot the show, and it was a lot of times where. I would go back and meticulously edit one thing. Like, no, nah, that's not it. Okay, this is not it. And I wanted, if you notice in our reaction, in our videos, you will see cutaways. And I always yeah. wanted to add that in. I'm like, I need something to kind of make it more dynamic. So right. we added the cutaways in there, and it just worked. Yeah. 
um, just to make it a little bit different. But it's it, much it, different than a motherfucker just sitting in the car, right? Like, oh, oh. yeah, didn't want that. That I was like this guy, yeah. man. Right. I mean, it's it, it it is a fully formed animal right right out the gates. Uh, right. Thank you. Shout out to you. That's can, can, I talk, can I talk to you a little bit more about your production company? Oh, we didn't get into that. No, we didn't. Yeah. During your, during your episode. So what it, what is it? Displaced Media. Yeah. Displaced Media is the production company, and we basically do everything. And when I say everything, that includes video, audio editing, graphics, uh, effects, and um, consulting. On top of that, we have. I'm not gonna try to. I probably shouldn't talk about that shit. Go ahead. I can't. Can I, can I talk about it? Which one? The one. The one we doing now. I, I shouldn't talk about that. No, right don't now. talk about that. That'll, okay. That, that's confidential. Okay. So we got stuff in the works. But you can talk about the dirty stuff. <laughs> oh. you, got, you got porn production coming on. That's coming. Yeah. Tight. Um, yeah. <laughs> I want to be in the videos. I don't care the role. I'll be the guy getting cucked. Like. Uh, <laughs> I just want to be in the videos, dog. Like. Uh, uh, we have a rather eclectic base, right? So basically, if a company, no matter what the company is, needs some editing done or some ideas or some graphics or just some fillers, we would do that. I also have, I can't talk about this one. I do edit on the side for Kodakawa, and uh, I do editing for them for their YouTube channel, uh, Concha. You're welcome. Y'all didn't pay me for that plug. You're welcome. Um, mm-hmm. I do editing for them. I also do editing for uh, one-off people who just find me online and stuff like that so if you oh, do need dope, some man. editing holler at me displace media so say for example i wanted to have a video logo uh similar to uh something i could go to you and then you could arrange that yeah, and i yeah. would have that purchased from you and all these exactly. things hey okay exactly. man i would like to build with you a little bit more about that maybe you can help me with my brand oh man definitely. you know what i mean I've got things happening here. I put in work. I mean, hey. Yeah, so, yeah. Love, actually, I would love to. So seriously, like, yeah. do Let's, that, well, You know, we'll do that type of stuff off off the, uh, off the air or whatever. But, yeah, I um, th- this is why I definitely wanted to have you back again. Because the last time, he and I became friends, and we decided we weren't going to do the podcast. We were just going to get to know <laughs> each other by talking shit about things. Like, like when you came yeah. in. Like, hey, exactly how we started. But I wanted to make sure that I highlight exactly what you guys are doing. And, um, uh, you know, I've been doing this podcast for about four years. Um, it started with me and three homies and two of them have, you know, one of them gone on to do more film work. The other one went back to the States. Let, let me tell so. you something about YouTube. If anyone out there thinking about doing this stuff, it ain't easy. You got to upload all the time. And, you know, we're remiss in that regard. And if you think not the physical act of just doing it, but doing it constantly it's and producing some sort of quality. Oh, Jesus, that's hard. Yeah. It's so, it's a job, guys. It's a right. job. Right. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, they're like, what day are you off? I'm like, <laughs> like a day where I don't have to do anything. <laughs> that part. <laughs> if there's a day that I don't do anything, I just have to do double the work the next day, basically. Mm-hmm. But, but man, um, you know, in the, in the process of, of me and my friends doing this and, and our relationship was kind of forged within doing this work. Um, our opinions have changed, you know, like I'm a real four element underground hip hop head. My buddy from Atlanta is more of a mainstream battle rap type of vibe. And so we clashed on a lot of things. I dislike pop music, all genres of pop music presented as popular music. And so like we hated on Drake and things, but as time changed, we, we hated on Drake yeah. too. And he's from my hometown. Yeah. I mean, like he's like, you know, he, he made that popular for people of color. <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you like the weekend? Uh, I mean, the we. I mean, no. 
I don't dislike The Weeknd. It's I just okay. don't listen to his music that much. But um, shout out to uh, Arthel Isom, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I Doing the guy. video work for, uh, he, he's with uh, Da Art Stagio, the uh, first foreign and black owned animation studio. He did the video animation for Snow Child. I forget the name of the song from The Weeknd. But yeah, oh, yeah, shout he out did. To him. Yeah. yeah, shout out shout to out him. Out to man. Yeah, fire, fire. Holla at your boy, man. I got some beats. For you. Yeah, man. Please. I mean, I, I haven't. I, I did a podcast interview with him on my homie's podcast. Shout out to Tokyo Speaks. But um, yeah, yeah. What I was saying is that uh, late and I and Steve's our opinions change and our mm. and our and our opinions became more fortified and we built and destroyed different parts of it. Like, how has your interactions about music altered your perception of music? Like, what are some of the notable changes to your taste that have happened? You know, I don't. I, my experience with hip hop goes back late seventies, early eighties, because I was in radio, getting out of the army, and very early, very early shows, and then like rap and Duke. And yeah, shit, right? well, yeah, really. Nah. I, mean, I, I saw Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five at the concert hall. I think it was eighty one. Oh yeah. And our radio station was one of the few in the country to play any any rap, and this is eighty five six ish. So I was I was grounded in that, but it was never really a genre that I enjoyed. Not. I, I, I love black music, but that particular idiom didn't really interest me. But you can't help... My father didn't yeah. care for yeah, it. But my, my did, did did it. Yeah, my dad hates rap. It's just that it didn't it didn't have that you know syncopation, that salsa feel, that kind of passionate groove, musicality. Yeah, musicality. But you know, you you, you work with you work with a DJ and you, you get together and you get you get exposed to things. You can't help but enjoy it. And I, I've always said on our show, anyone who doesn't like a particular type of music just because of a of a thing. A color, a, a location. You're a fool. You're a fool. You Every like something, or you yeah, exactly like it. Don't like it. That's it. Spade, you mentioned uh, before. You believe there's two types of music: good music and bad music. <laughs> and that's both I subjective. like that simplification. Yeah, it's yeah. all subjective. Like that. When he came to me like listen to music, it was like yeah, let's do that because like you digging in the crates, you always digging in the crates. You always look for new sounds and new music. So for me, it was like, yeah, it's like digging through the crates. Who was that woman you were playing before we went live? Uh, Norma Tanega. No, I had never heard of this yeah, woman. Yeah, me either. Ever. She's fabulous. You played with two cuts. Yeah. I love this. Both of them. I got to listen to her. Yeah, she's great, man. Uh, I'm, I'm a big, you know, I, I, uh, I make distinctions about what I'm talking about when I talk about hip hop culture. Uh, and and I just think that like one of the really beautiful things about hip hop culture, at least the segment that I come from, is that there is usually an appreciation for multiple music genres. Right. I was put on, you know, my parents listened to jazz and funk and and you know R and B and a whole variety of things, but I usually got like the real surface level popular stuff from them. Of course, you know, Parliament Funkadelic seeps in and and you know, but but like all of my really intense appreciation for other genres comes from a spine like a through line of hip-hop like right. i found out about this jazz artist because of this hip-hop track or this hip-hop approach pushed me to liking noise music or ambient or you know a whole variety of things right. so yeah i, I um i love hip-hop and and when i'm talking about it i'm not really talking about pop music for the most part but yeah man um i, I um I was I was curious how you guys have changed. I noted that one, the first uh, episode that I or the second episode I saw, you were introducing him to Triumph. Oh, 
and and he was like, "Oh, the Wu Tang Clan. I've never heard of this uh, <laughs> this group. What what is with the, what is with the Africanized killer bees here? Like, what are they to represent?" And I was like, well, uh, "Those are really interesting questions because from the outside looking in, it's like a lot of spectacle. Yes, you know, like and and to unpackage what it is, especially if you're a person that likes musicality, right. you know, the drums aren't quantized. It's not even like you know. There's a lot of things going on and and thousands of words being thrown at you. So, <laughs> yeah, do you have like a more of appreciation for any hip hop artists? Have you? Yeah, well, you know who my favorite is. Three Six Mafia, and he gave me the pussified version. Oh wow! Okay, I gave him Stay Fly instead of Stay High, mm-hmm. and he's never let me live that down. Yeah. Well, I, what, I, what, what? What am I? A twelve-year-old? Uh, can I? Can a, I? Can I? Can I listen to Stay High? That's a mark on your permanent record. It We're is not true. Let that one go. But yeah, that's really dope. So you like Three Six Mafia? They rock, man. Man, I wanna. I would like <laughs> to try to introduce him to other uh, other artists. You maybe, should, you know. I yeah, seriously, I wouldn't mind doing that. Yeah, but okay, shoot. Let me see. I had some other questions prepared here, I think. But um, what do you think of the benefit of of listening to other music genres? Is has your has has the amount of music genres changed since you guys started recording? Uh, well, definitely they've changed. Um, I try to keep an open mind about all these genres, even the new genre that's been made, melodic rap. I try to keep an open mind about that. Is that another that. distinction that oh, they've you didn't made? Know that? Yeah. What is that? The, the Grammys that has actually made um, a new genre. Mm. And the new genre is melodic rap. Oh, is that why this year all the rap choices are actual rap albums? Yeah. That, I didn't yeah. know that that was the reason for yeah. it. Yeah, so all your auto-tune you know, singing rap. Your Drake type rap. of music yes, would be in the melodic rap now. Oh, so the lyrics found their place into a whole different. There you go. You know, it was shocking because this year Nas is nominated. Right. Jay Electronica, mm. Freddie Gibbs, and yeah, and and, and Alchemist. And, I was shocked too. Yeah. I was like, what? What's going on? Okay. Then you had the melodic. So your Saint John is going to be right. like in melodic rap. Mm. Uh, your Uzi Vert, your right. Future. That's melodic rap right, now. Right. So yeah, the genres are always changing. Like I said, they're all subjective, right? And the paradigm has to shift. Like I talked about last time, like yep. the hip hop paradigm is gonna have to shift. But I would say one of the greatest things about doing Tokyo Stash and Spade with Uncle Stash is I have learned about so many artists that I never would have just known when to look. Not that I wouldn't listen to the to the music, but I didn't know where to look. Like um I did see you uh say I don't know Dion Warwick. I, and I was like, dog. I love Dion like, Warwick. I, I was hey. like, who are your parents? Right. Like, hey, I couldn't get away from the shit in my house. See, that, that was the thing, right? My mom was like so into Diana Ross. Okay. She was a Diana Ross. But person. they're contemporary. Okay, you would think that, right? But, but my, Diana is more of a disco yes, artist yes. than Dion. Yeah. So when I listened to a lot of music, I'm like, oh, yeah, I heard that. And I knew of Dion Warwick, you know. Uh, some of her songs, uh, that's what friends are for, and just the other stuff, right? Yeah. But I never know de- that. Deep I, I don't know it. what this hand gesture was, but Mama. The, the live performance of "That's What Friends Are For" with um, uh, Luther Vandross, right. Whitney Houston, Dion, and who else? I said Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Stevie Wonder. <laughs> that is perhaps my favorite live performance that I've ever seen in my whole life. It, it is just yeah. great. Luther I think it's like, like the. So- I think it's like the NAACP yeah. of, of you image know or something yeah, like that. image or some shit. But but yeah, sorry to, to yeah we're back. There's a nice little cut. You guys know the vibes. If you listen to the Mega Late Show, you know I've been enduring this problem for several weeks, months, this year. So okay, new yeah. computer coming, new up. laptop coming on the twenty third. Is that the Equinox? No, the twenty first is the Equinox, right? Okay, I have no idea. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I forget. Twenty first. Yeah, I that's, forget. This is solstice. Okay, right. Um, but yeah. 
What, what were we talking about? Genres, yeah? We, yeah. Okay. I mean, genres are useful distinctions when you're putting together a playlist or branding something or organizing mm. a record collection. Mm. Other than that, they're kind of arbitrary. Well, when it comes to Dionne Warwick, you know I love Bacharach uh, David. David. They're, to me, the, some of the great songwriters of the 20th century. And she was their muse. So there's various versions of, you know, you, we've had this discussion where you don't like cover versions. I hate versions, cover songs. But there are, no, lazy. there are no original versions with Bacharach David and lots of the great American songbook. But regardless, there's a certain stylization. You know, Dionne Warwick, perhaps not the world's best singer, but the way she phrases, the way she hits is, is absolute magic for me. And I love that sound. And she was, you know, one of my mother's two or three favorite singers. Yeah, she's great. I mean, she's she's her own animal. Like, there's not a copy of that. There's, you know, and, and I think all the best singers. We were talking about Michael Jackson before uh, the podcast. Like, Michael's not the best at any not one thing. Not a good thing, singer. But he, he I, I like his singing on a lot of things. Like, what is it? Uh, human Nature that's, is that's such my, a beautiful. One of my two or three favorite yeah, songs. Human Nature is a good song. Did you hear it the is. story about that? How that wound up on the album? No. That's Toto. One of the um, oh really one of the guys I don't remember who it was the other guy from Toto had a cassette tape that he'd given to Quincy Jones and Quincy was asking for a couple of songs for Thriller and this guy had taken sorry I don't remember his name but there were the two cats in Toto the second guy had recorded the basic Human Nature track on the second part of the cassette because he just needed a cassette remember those days so. <laughs> Quincy Jones has the cassette, and he's listening to Buddy's songs, nah, nah, nah. and it does its auto-reverse. Cassettes used to auto-reverse from side A to side B. So one guy's out, and Quincy goes, whoa, whoa, what's, what's that? And he goes, that's the song. And I love oh, that song. Man, that's, that, that is definitely top two, top three Michael Jackson songs for me. I love that. Yeah, that's a, that's a good song. But, that's a good song. Yeah. Overall, let's not pretend like Michael Jackson had great enunciation. You knew what he was saying. And like the fake falsetto, it gets annoying after a while. Like when you listen to it, 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 it becomes taxing to your ears. Um, even range wise, man, I'm not like really digging Michael Jackson. However, I'm going to say this, guys, for y'all crucifying me. Yes, Michael Jackson is probably one of the best entertainers, full package ever. But like far as singing, not my bag. I mean, we don't need to get into a whole yeah, debate right, of whether so. or not Michael Jackson is great or oh, he's or great. Like that. Yeah, you he's know, great. Like I, I don't know. I don't really care about the nuances <laughs> of or particulars about. Like I, I tend to like singers who sound strange or weird. I like, mm. I like music that is like, it, it sounds bad. You a Macy Gray fan? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm a fan, but I, I can appreciate some Macy okay. Gray music. There, there's a. I, I like when things don't sound typical. As they should. Okay. You know, like a, a good lounge singer sounds like a good lounge, lounge singer. singer. But but if you get somebody that's kind of like a weird voice get in there, it, it adds a different uh, spice or seasoning to it. And I tend to like that. I respect that. Comes with, comes with, it's the same yeah. for my rap music and the indie rock stuff that I like. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, I, don't, I don't know enough about music theory to really critique whether or not this <laughs> motherfucker get, like freddie mercury the reason i know that he can hit these like really high octaves of, of you know that are other people are just not capable of doing is because i've read read, yeah. read about it i didn't pick that up myself being like wow he really got high on that one <laughs> i don't know the range is yeah. amazing my, my favorite apocryphal story isn't about uh is it about freddie it's about um oh god goldfinger oh yeah what's her name uh, 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 the lady did the, uh, yeah. uh, man, 
Goldfinger, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, oh my God, this is killing me. I, I'm I'm not there with you guys. I'm not sure who that is. Shirley Bassey. Yeah. Shirley Bassey. Yes. Okay, so when they recorded Goldfinger in the studio in London, I think it was Abbey Road, sixty three four. The session guy who was playing the guitar was Jimmy Page. Amazing. That's a great track. And produced by um, George Martin. So evidently, this is apocryphal, don't know if it's true, but at the at the coda, at the end of the song, he loves gold, only gold, he loves gold, only gold. She hits the note for so long, what's called her tidal breath comes out, the last vestiges of oxygen in her lungs to hit and sustain that final note she passes out she hits it bang and collapses Allegedly. and they cut it that's how much passion that woman gave and that is a great goddamn song allegedly allegedly <laughs> i mean not, but just listen to the end of that song and whether it's true or not that woman didn't have much you know gas left by the time she finished that's an amazing song right. i love that though that sounds that sounds that's a really dope thing to say it is you know what i mean that's like oh jay-z doesn't write lyrics <laughs> you know what i mean yeah, that's like some real like wow what a master yeah. of the craft or like what an incredible performance i like that i'm gonna just rock with it and take that as objective truth yeah. so, I'm, I'm gonna be the hater like yeah it didn't happen <laughs> i can't say but regardless of the truth the track itself is it's amazing it's yes. just a fabulous song great so, um, what are what are like your favorite music genres? Can you tell me some of your favorite artists? Well, you know, for me, it's a, these days especially, it's a lot of sixties R and B and rock. Last night I was listening to them, Van Morrison and them, bunch of stuff Van like that. Van Morrison, I love Van Morrison. Man, I listen to Moon Dance and Brown Eyed Girl and Baby Please Don't Go and all kinds of stuff. And I listen. Do you know um, what's his name? Jimmy Destry, the, the the drummer for Blondie, Dreaming. There's that official video for them. Watching him, watching him drum, and li I, I love good drumming. Mm -hmm. And I was watching that last night, watching the, the official video, boom, boom, and he stands up, and, oh, kills it. And just you, you're just getting into the groove. That's classic pop, seventy-eight nine from my youth as well. So whatever, something that moves me, that grabs me in some kind of visceral way, a lot of syncopation, a lot of passion, you got me every time. Mm. I. Uh... I'm wondering if we should go back to this conversation about genres. Mm. I don't know if I can center it on something that is not just hip-hop specific, but I, there, there's a lot of useful genre distinctions, but for the most part, they're kind of shitty. Sure. They're yeah. arbitrary, capricious. I'm, I'm the funk and rock um, genre distinction is like one of the dumbest distinctions ever. Funk is rock. Rock is funk. And, and I hate how they... Well, this is funk. Why? Because you put a synthesizer in it. It's like, come on, dude. You see, it's bass heavy, so it's not real rock and roll because he's playing the bass guitar. Which what you, accent is that? Like, who is saying I that? Have no, <laughs> well, okay, <laughs> that's like, no, it's a Jamaican guitar. New Yorker. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like, like the pretentious no, like, like white a, guy. Because me and uh, Uncle Stash talked about this, right? And he dropped some history on me. Like back in the day, black guys could only play bass in the band. I didn't know that. Like you only could, you weren't allowed to play like the lead guitar. You had to play bass. That's why you got like a legacy of black guys playing bass guitar. I didn't know that. So like when you got a bass heavy song, they're like, wait, 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 that's not, that's not rock. How dare you? That's funk. You're going to have to sign this to the Negro section. <laughs> exactly. Of the hey, I'm old enough to remember when that was a polite word. Yeah. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. Excuse I'm, me while I check this. I forgot to do. Yeah, this. yeah. You know what I'd love to hear? 
You ever hear the Chambers Brothers, Detroit band? Sure. Yes. Time has come today. Yeah. The drummer was white. Mm. They used to call him what it was, White White Chambers or something. Mm. But that that song, the whole version, down, oh, I love that song. Time has come today. Was listening to that night before last. Time has come today. That's it. Yeah. I, I like I, I, I like the Ramones version from Subterranean Jungle, but I do love the original by the Chains of Brothers. I don't do cover songs. No, come on, give me a break, man. It's classic psychedelia, sixty-six, seven, somewhere in there, mm. and we should have done a, a show on that one. The only problem was when we do a show, we can't both know the song. One of us cannot, right. Can't know the other That's song, and we both we, we we both knew that song. Yes. Oh, okay. I love so that song. So you only share songs that you, the other person would not. That, be that, that's with. the idea. One of us knows the song, the other one does not. Mm-hmm. And you get the actual, real, like first time reaction of us hearing the song, and that's the gimmick of it. That's why sometimes, and I I will say this: sometimes I hear a song, it doesn't hit me the first time. Blue Monday. Yeah, but I'll go back. And be like, oh, you know what? That just hits. Like, and I will say that. Like, I even go in the comments when somebody be like, "Man, you stupid. You don't know what you're talking about." That was me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yo. I, hey, you, yeah. I can't believe this shit. <laughs> yo, that's how we actually first met. Are you shitting me? No, he uh, no, no, no. gave me a comment like, "Yo, what, what we talked about? What rap song we talked about?" Oh no, we were talking about um, we were talking something about rap, but it wasn't about a song specifically. Song specific. It was it was about um, pop or popular rap or something. I forget, but but yeah. yeah. No, we were talking yeah. about the reason for the rap music. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Right. Why Reasons rap sucks? Music? Was this on our, like a comment on? Do you know the way to San Jose? No, no, no. no. This was on my Instagram actually. Oh, okay, never yeah, mind. Yeah, And uh, we we got into it, and I actually agree with him. Like, mm-hmm. and when I, do, I agree, I will say, hey, yeah. yo, you know what? That's a good point. I agree with it. Like, I'm not the I, type of guy. who I won't think we're agree. talking about the reasons for certain rap music tropes happening right now. Yes. And you made a point, and I just pulled it back to the Telecommunications Act. Yes. Which I tend to do because I really think that the Telecommunications Act really ruined really, mm-hmm. multiple industries and particularly um, rap music. But I mean, it's the same reason that when you watch the local news channels, you can overlay them all and they're saying the same, same audio. Thing. It's because yep. it's, you know, it's a mega conglomerate. It's purchased up all of the music outlets and things. So Same thing happened in radio. Well, that's, be, well, that's what it is. There's a station in Toronto called CFNY, the spirit mm-hmm. of radio. That's Russia's pie-in to them was that, that, that old uh, tagline of them from the early 80s. And they were unique in that they had a completely open format clock. You play whatever the hell you want, whenever the hell you wanted to. And the only stipulation was you could only play it once per day. So if you if you played a song, you'd write it down, and if that song had been played that day, oh, you couldn't play it again. Oh, it was great. They were a fabulous station. But, you know, things change. They were, Toronto's the biggest market in Canada, has a big American audience as well, down Buffalo, Erie, places like that. And you want to grow bigger. So this unique shtick, this unique place that they had in the in the market wasn't good enough. They wanted to grow and they didn't, yeah. and they lost everything, and now it's all homogenized. Yeah. Radio, which is dying anyway, right. sounds the same. Oh, it's yeah. dead. Radio's gone, and I don't. As a radio guy, like I got my first internship at a radio station. I'm not gonna lie, kind of glad. Kind of glad. I'm sad. I I mean I I loved radio. Like I was, you know, it used to be that. I remember, I remember there was a time it was like hip-hop just didn't play on the radio like that. You got hip-hop in the evening times on a Friday night or a Saturday. And then, it, you know, it changed and that was dope. But also the type of music that they were playing had to change because there was mandates by these corporations to play certain songs. And, of course, the music industry decides to focus on certain tropes in the black community. Right. And so there, there's this whole uh, hegemonic interplay between the people who are making it and the the kind of mandate and the things that are happening at the top that lead us to all of the popular black 
music having these kind of negative stereotypes about you know uh the men the women the Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know so uh back in the day there was just a lot more biodiversity yeah like you look at you look at like the 88 right hip-hop sounded completely different from from each other like you know um you had distinct sounds from distinct areas too like you had a new york sound you had a west coast sound you had a southern sound now it's all sound like the south we won guys I don't won. know. That's a pyrrhic victory. I was going to say it, it. It it really it's really something that is watered down. No, no, culture to, to a degree. I'm not going to disagree with you yeah. with, on that, and not to get into that belly. First, can I get some hate off real quick? Go ahead. Um, the reason why I hate the radio station so much is on the other side. Being an artist, I remember being an up and coming rap artist in Memphis, and I, the only way, not the only way, but one of the surefire ways was to get your song on the radio station. But it was so damn political. You had to pay. You had to know somebody. And that literally turned me off a lot to music. There was really no way to get your music out to the masses besides going to your own radio station. And you had all these gatekeepers right. and shady people who didn't want to even listen to your music. Right. Now, granted, I'm not going to lie. I ain't going to say my music was just great back then. But you can at least afford me the dignity to listen right. to it at some point. But it was always these gatekeepers have right. their pick. They're not going to let you in. And that turned me off until this invention, thank you, Al Gore, of the internet, when you could actually get your stuff directly in front of the consumer. So yeah. even now with Spotify. It took a is, long time for that to but, really happen, too. Yeah. And Spotify is basically turning into the radio now with the playlist yeah. playlist station. You got to pay to get on this big playlist and stuff right. like that. Spotify, give me money. Well, they just, it, they, they've just found new ways to recapture the exactly. radio market and uh, the music industry. Uh, with piracy, they, you know, there was years where it was hard for them to reacclimate and start making money in the mm-hmm. industry again, but they've, they've figured it out. They um, did it. <laughs> um, I mean, you look at the deals that like um, YouTube Music is giving, uh, SoundCloud is giving, these artist deals that they're giving, the 360 deals that they've created in the music industry and just a v- whole variety of things. Uh, once again, all the elbow room that we make around like when Napster started all that elbow room and the independent rap music community. Yes. It just gets kind of, you know, you have to keep on finding new ways to get your music out That's there. literally how I got my first first burn was torrent sites. Yeah. Like literally putting my music on torrent sites is how I got a little bit of burn. So you're right. Every time we make a little room, elbow room, they yeah. just take it, snatch it right. away. I was fiercely against um, the streaming services for quite a long time. I figured to myself like, why would I spend $9 a month to have music that's that I won't own, yeah. right? Like if a if if I cancel the service, all of that music's gone, right? Right. And it's like I feel like oh, I'm supporting an artist by giving a fraction of a penny. I might as well just take that nine dollars, purchase their album on a site that gives them the most uh, percentage, not not iTunes, not Google, but probably Bandcamp. Oh yeah, Bandcamp. Bandcamp. Right. Yeah, Bandcamp, uh, Bandcamp uh, or directly from them, mm-hmm. and then still. The question yeah. becomes, though... And I still though, pirate so Are you going music. to be able to buy CDs or DVDs in the future? What's a CD? I think so. Well, exactly. No, no my uh, cousins, when I went back to America, did not know what a CD and a DVD was. And that's when I realized, oh, yo, I'm old. It's over. <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think um, if you look... Well... In Japan, there's a it's skewed too because they actually have a, yeah. uh, a mechanical, physical music industry here. But um, records back into production, it's a way that artists are making money off of mm. pressing actual vinyl. There's also a, a flourishing cassette tape uh, 
a cassette tape scene. Burr? Most of most of the produce of like the beat makers are fucking pressing up tapes now, and there's a whole industry for it. If you do so a lo-fi, I can see that. Like, that'd be dope. If you're doing a lo-fi right. uh, beats on a tape, jazz artists are doing it too. Really? There, I mean, it, there, there's kind of a just like with an analog hiss off a record. There's a little bit of a warmth that yes, comes with tape. the shittier tape quality, yeah. right? But but the thing is, is like you purchase the physical and you get a digital copy of it anyways. So it's an incentive for you to get it. You have the physical copy that is yours, but also mm. you get the free uh, flack files if you're into that. If you're into a, a song that's a fucking gig, I might do that now. No, yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, I am super. I, I prefer to to support my friends by purchasing physical it's art copies. from them. Yeah, I, I am. Um, it's an ethic that that's just come from my anti-capitalist stance and and uh, <laughs> being against fucking the pigs and, and the corporations. So I mean. Yeah, straight up, man. I, I I'm all for uh, vinyl. And if there's an EMP blast, Here I'm going to be straight. I'm going to be fucking straight. Blast. I think we have more things to worry about than music. If there's a big uh, EMP you, blast, you say that now, but we, uh, I am legend, right? If he had vinyl, he would have been straight. Like he had a little <laughs> MP3 player or some shit, right? I mean, yeah, the vinyl is going to be fine. The vinyl is going to be fine. I had not thought of that. I mean, the EMP blast. Who knows if it's coming or not, but. If you, you you can hand crank uh, a fucking record player and listen to music. Again, uh, yeah. things I had not considered well, in the gotta, past. You got to think ahead in this, you know, what, you know. But what about the zombie apocalypse? Are you worry about that? There are also weapons. You can fling those fucking vinyls. <laughs> Try flinging an MP3, huh? What are you going to do? A SSD fucking external hard drive? Nah, man, look at these. These are weapons here. Throw those off. Yeah. <laughs> Zombie. You know what I mean? You'll decapitate zombies depending on what stage of uh, decay they're at, I think. Man, your right. arm strength's out the frame with that, dude. I mean, I'm t- yeah, yeah. Frisbee champion. Yeah, it'll be rough. I mean, you see Lex Caliber running as a zombie. Facts. You know, you got you to oh, throw. Man. Look, that guy becomes the, a zombie, man. We yeah. all gone. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Lex, remember I was always your friend if you become right. a zombie. Well, I mean, even even Stash here oh, is yeah. fucking gigantor. How tall are you? Centimeters. Yeah, 1.95 meters. Yeah. I, I mean, do that. You got a bum knee, though. So yeah, he's a fucking, nah, but if he's I a zombie, my, screwed, it doesn't matter. I screwed my knee up in Akihabara. We were having a meeting, and I just got up off the stool. Holy shit, that was like four weeks ago. I'm seeing oh, okay. the uh, the doctor at Tokyo Midtown on Thursday. Okay. Hey, good, good luck to you. I, thought, I, I didn't know if it was existing or what. I don't think if you become a zombie, man, all your uh, physical ailments heal, though. I'll be a limping zombie. Yeah. Hey, look at that fat fucking tall asshole Canadian zombie that's limping to kill me. Fuck you, Stash. I mean, I don't know the zombie physics. And I'm not sure exactly. <laughs> zombie physics not. brought yeah. to you by Mega. Yeah. Oh, speaking of which. Oh, no, I don't want to go into a PSA after zombies with what I wanted to share. Oh, yes, I will. He's not a zombie. He's one of the greatest revolutionaries that we've ever had. But I wanted to give a shout out to Fred Hampton, who was assassinated by the CIA and Chicago Police Department 51 years ago today. Well, if you're listening to Stateside Live, it's it's today. But yeah, man, um, I want to give a shout out to him and let you guys know that uh, you can listen to our political takes on my other podcast, which is called This Is Not Information, which I do with uh, a few of the homies, uh, Maurice, uh, Polly Rhymes, uh, Bernadette and Christian. And yeah, that's where I talk more about politics and you can get my Marxist rants there. But uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, and also Moto Nice, which is a new blog that I started with Polly, where we share things that are Tokyo 
hip hop lifestyle things. And in there, I my most recent piece that I wrote, I was talking about neo boom bap, which is another mm. useless genre. John, I'm like, well, how did we get that? Well, as opposed I, to old boom bap, a, a, yeah, conventional boom bap, or mm. you know whatever other varieties there were. So like boom bap is kind of like your typical '90s. Uh, 90s East Coast rap music sample four four drums um, you know maybe a turntable scratch but now this neo boom bap genre is you being used or this distinction is being used to describe Griselda and the minimal drumless remember the shit that I was playing you last time that would kind of fit under the umbrella of neo boom bap which I think is just a ridiculous name where I come from I just but but there are there are specific musical tropes that have been happening within mm-hmm. um, this new sample driven hip hop that's become more popular in the last ten years. Again, um, that there's a through line, uh, oftentimes uh, single loops, minimal drums, um, discordant sounds, odd juxtapositions, which you know you can go back and trace that to Alchemist mm-hmm. on Mob Deep's '99 Murder Music album or uh, Ghostface Stroke of Death, weird hip hop beats. But but yeah. Um, I wrote about that. Have you ever heard of? Uh, have, have you ever played any weird offbeat hip hop shit for for Stash? No. Can I do one? Please, please. Let's do one. All right. So I wonder how strange I should get. Like on a scale of like not too strange to very strange. Oh, give me the strange, baby. Give you the strange. Okay. I'm all about the strange. I bet you are. I am. <laughs> I believe that this song sounds like Afro pessimism, and I'm all about that too. Are you? <laughs> Not really. What the fuck is Afro pessimism? It's weird. It's the ontological idea that blackness is inescapable. Uh, I don't know. We won't get into it, but yeah. <laughs> How current is this? This year. burning all consuming ever present movement you choose not to see the labels well I can hear some industrial music you know German style Einstein's end is new biting lie back crabs with a sparkle and I we're liberating fake into the mouth of opulence get the fuck around me if you ask why trap with no timeouts left fab five Weber not Freddy death cult America encroaching nowness because we'll never be as ready as we want them paramilitary law and order broke dawn a few moments to gather your belongings actually the guy that produced this um, he has an indie rock band called fog which is fucking great so yeah have you heard of Arm and Hammer? Billy Woods, Elucid? I have not. Mm, they're dope. This is all their music sounds quite different. So this is quite different than any other track on the album. But you know, Neo Boom Bap. I mean, I believe this should be under the umbrella. Yeah, I, I think this is more industrial music. That's what I'm hearing. I mean, the thing about hip hop is that it can come in any variety of sounds, right? It's true. If you listen to if you listen to some of their other music, it'll have like accents of like I believe this sample is from indie rock, right? Definitely some Radiohead type stuff. Day job in the morning just don't make me nauseous. 
right? I mean, you got a lot of drags with your snare, right? Which is really setting it off, man. Like, the swing in this is out the frame, so I give him props for that. Like, this is a beat I want to make, but I don't. <laughs> like, seriously. I think, I mean, you know, for me, like, uh, I guess if I wanted to find more music like this, I would appreciate a genre distinction so I could hop into a you playlist. But, quick, yeah. but for me, this meets both of these songs meet both criteria of what it means to make hip hop music. Right. Mm. There's it's a sample driven um, MCs expressing themselves in any variety or fashion they want. And when it comes to the sample, like do what the fuck you want to do. And so, like that book that I gave you uh, a couple weeks Reading back. Reading it, thank you about that. Yeah, I mean, there's been people, and uh, also culture coming down, you know, hammering down the nail of what what is um, allowed and what's not allowed. But, you know, for a while they thought that the roots weren't really hip-hop because there was too much live instrumentation in, in the See, beat. See, that to me, I don't care whether they are or not hip-hop. Right. The moment you try to label someone, you can't be this because of that, right. horse shit. Well, I mean, the weird thing is, too, is that, like, hip-hop, is cha it changes constantly and that's one of like the main criteria of hip-hop is there must be an originality there must be changes to it so yeah man i don't know uh, let me put back on some pigeon dust beats so one more thing that i would like to do before we end the first half of our podcast here before we uh, in part two we're gonna share some christmas songs and talk shit about christmas songs right yes um and and maybe do some more reactions you know depending if we want to do that type of stuff but um, I would I was wondering if you guys have a Tokyo Spotlight, a place, person, thing, event that you would like to go ahead and give a shout out to on the podcast to let people know of some of the magical dope that happens in Tokyo. Anything? Oh, man. Like, actually, I kind of do want to do that. I'm not a drinker, but there's a wonderful You don't place. drink at all? Uh, you know, I'll drink socially, but like it's not my go-to. Okay. Um, you drink? It's been argued that I've inserted tampons of vodka up my ass. That's not true. Rumors of his uh, death have been greatly exaggerated. It's greatly exaggerated. <laughs> um, no, this is wonderful bar. If you like um, imported, exported beers, IPAs, uh, called X Bar. Okay. In Ginza. You need to go quick because it's closing after this month. But it's a pop-up oh. bar. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a pop-up bar. You need to go now in Ginza. And when you walk in, it's connected next to a game room, like a, um, a game room by Tyco. So, like, on one side is the game room. and But if you go to, it's called uh, Antenna America. Oh, yeah. And I've been there. They yeah. got, like, American-style hot dogs and shit there, too. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Uh, this was, like, five years ago, though. Oh. Well, that's... Know. That was in Shinagawa, right? That one might have been in Yokohama. Oh, yes. Yes, you're right. They yeah. have one in Yokohama. They have one in Shinagawa. But the pop-up store in Ginza, which is super oh, okay. dope, you guys should check that out. Or check out the one in Yokohama or um, Yokohama, not really Tokyo, but Yokohama or Shinagawa. Okay. <laughs> and, like, it's dope. You go in there, you can, uh, they have literally, like, freezers of beers and different alcohols you can pick from. I, myself, I'm not a beer drinker. I think it tastes terrible. But I will partake upon a cider. And they had like multiple ciders there. I'm a cider drinker. Yeah. They mm -hmm. had a multiple ciders and I did that. And uh, I had the blood orange cider from Ace. They mm -hmm. had a, a blood orange oh, cider? Oh, it was delicious, bro. I'd, I'd love to try that. Oh, man, you should try it. No, we seriously. Go. No, yeah, yeah, let's yeah, go. We'll go. Let's we'll go. go. Let's go. Done. Yeah. yeah. The, but X, yeah, it's X Bar and Antenna 
America. Go there, and I'm telling I you. I would man, be interested in going, especially if they have hot dogs. I would partake upon a hot dog. <laughs> it's been a while since I've had a good hot dog. Usually, they're hard to find, man. They are good ones, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they most of the hot dogs out here are not like American they're hot dogs. Not hot dogs. No. We need more snout, hoof. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some, products. You know, butthole mixed into that whole meat <laughs> process. That's, what, that's what makes a hot dog. Yeah. You know? So. Well. But yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Nitrates. dope, man. Yeah. Um, let me know if you guys go. I, I don't. Uh, I, I stopped drinking a few years ago, but more recently I've had like a few, four or five drinks over the last few We're months. We're in the same so boat. I, w- I would do that. Um, I'm a cheap date, so it's cool. Yeah. Like one beer, two beers, I'm yeah, gone. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's enough for me. I had I had two highballs last night, and I woke up this Did morning. You really? like, And I was like, wow, this is this is not dope. Like this isn't a, this isn't how I want to wake up in the morning time. Just two highballs. You're stronger than me. I can do a highball. When I was in the service, I uh, flew from Canadian Forces Base Trenton to Canadian Forces Base Lower West Germany, and the first night that I was there, this would be late seventies. I got really drunk. This is back when I really did drink, and the next day, true story, I woke up in a farmer's field on my back with the dew in the morning, covered in my own vomit. Mm. And it was my first day in the country. I didn't know what city I was in. There was a road relatively near the farmer's field. To this day, I have no recollection. I remember being in this. House of ill repute with some buddies from the unit, and that would that ended around two or three in the morning, and then I woke up six seven a.m. when it was a Sunday. Fortunately, I managed to stumble to the road. A car, a Mercedes, was driving past, and the nice owner thought, "Who is this eighteen-year-old Canadian asshole covered in vomit? I better drive into the Canadian military base, which I happen to know mm. is about twenty minutes from here." Okay, so I don't drink a lot, but back oh. then I did. I used to be really good at drinking. I like one of the best. Good. Really, like one of the best. Is it drink champ? Yeah, I mean, I, I was up there, you know, top tier. Like, I don't know. I drank for like 20 years, maybe. Really? More than that. I, I've been so, I was sober for like t- over two years. And um, it wasn't because I was like a like a shitty alcoholic, like blackout drunk, but right. it just stopped working for me. And I'm the type of person that's like, I can't be mod, I can't moderate things very well. If I do something, I do it to the max. Yeah, it's like, all right. Like last night, I meant to just have one highball. I was like, I'm going to do another. But the only reason I didn't drink another is because there was not another around. Ah. So I got to be careful about I, that. I stopped boozing in my early 30s. I still have a drink or that's two, good. but that's it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. It must be done. But um, okay. Uh, I want to let you guys know about a show. Namboku Records is going to have a showcase on December 26th, and that is going to be at Batika. There's going to be a lot of really dope jazz happening there and a lot of beats. Uh, let's go ahead and end this portion of the podcast. How about let's go ahead and uh, give Pigeon Does a shout-out for all the beats in the background, and let's share some social media. Where are we at? Uh, you can find Tokyo Stash and Spade on YouTube. Uh, Tokyo Stash and Spade. Uh, please subscribe, like our videos, uh, leave comments. We do read comments and we do reply to the comments. Also, if you need any media production, um, graphics or anything, please uh, email us at displacedmedia at gmail.com or you can hit our Tokyo Stash and Spade website, I mean email, which is tokyostashandspade.com. Yes, Tokyo right. Stash and Spade, well, Stash and Spade at Tokyo com and you can send us uh, any information or email we also do pitches for people so just let us know tight 
Yeah, and uh, thank you for listening to episode number 134. Stay tuned for part B of this episode where we're going to actually share some music and talk more about music. Let's go out to a new track by Lynn Mori, Tokyo-based producer, and Lou Via. It's called Dedicated to Jay Dilla. Tokyo hip-hop art and culture. Boom. Thank you. 